We're going to spend the uh, majority of the 7 o'clock hour on the new 13th Congressional District. So this was uh, gerrymandered by Democrats. Uh, they drew Rodney Davis out of the district um, and stacked as many Democratic voters in it as they could to uh, to try to elect a Democrat in November. So if you live in most of the city of Springfield, basically uh, everything around uh, veterans to the east uh, by the airport, uh, as well as Rochester, Auburn, Pawnee, uh, Verdon, et cetera, uh, you live in the new 13th congressional district. It, it uh, was uh, Joe Biden won the district by 11 points in 2020, J.B. Pritzker won the district by 16 points in 2018, though that number is inflated just because of how poorly uh, Bruce Rauner did in that district uh, and, and really everywhere downstate back in 2018. So we're going to talk to uh, as many of the candidates as we can fit in today. I've got three of the Republicans on the uh, on the schedule for, for this morning. We begin with Regan Deering from Decatur. Uh, Regan, good morning. For those who don't know you uh and and i'm sure the the andreas name is uh one that that uh most folks would would recognize especially as uh your grandfather was the the king of soybeans uh tell us a little bit about you who you are and why you're running for congress good morning patrick i appreciate you having me on this morning and giving me a chance to introduce myself to your listeners so as you mentioned, I'm Regan Deering. I am from Decatur. My family has been here for a long time. I'm the third generation now to settle here and raise my family in Decatur, obviously coming with strong ties to ADM, supermarket capital to the world here in Decatur. is absolutely right. Um, but I decided to run for office not because I'm looking for a political career, but I think we need everyday Americans to have a louder voice in Washington. Um, I myself am a mom raising three kids right now. Um, so things like public school indoctrination are right in my face and mask mandates and vaccine mandates. And I participated in some um, lawsuits to fight back against the governor for those things. And I think that um, people were um, proud to have families stand up. Parents have voices and they need to be heard. Um, I have been a teacher and I've been a small business owner. I owned a tutoring company in Decatur, Illinois for about 10 years. So I know what it's like to balance a budget, um, grow my local economy with hiring um, folks in our community as well. And now that my kids have been in school a little more consistently based on their age, um, I've taken the time to work for low-income families in my community. Um, I serve as a board president and campaign chair for a nonprofit that is primarily a food pantry but also offers assistance to those needing emergency funds for things like prescription assistance, utility relief, um, work product, whether that's steel-toed boots once they've gotten a job or uh, bus tokens or gas cards to get to work. So I really feel like my uh, rolling up my sleeves in my community and going to work for not only my own family, but um, all in my, in my area of Decatur has allowed me kind of a front row seat to how everyday Americans are looking for government to work for them. And it doesn't really seem like we're doing a good enough job right now. You you mentioned the fact that you you 
do work with a not-for-profit, and and I think that that fairly ties into the economy and gas prices right now. You know, as we're looking at at five dollars a gallon downstate, it's it's six dollars in places uh, in the suburbs and over six in in the city of Chicago and places. Um, on the federal side, you know, and and you and I talked a little bit about this uh, when we did a, a Zoom interview a couple of weeks ago, but but folks need help whether it's it it's lower prices or or something that's that's going to make this problem a little more manageable today so let's say we're still in this situation when you get to washington if if you get to washington in january what's your what's your number one step in congress to help reduce gas prices and and stop uh, the the pain people are feeling as 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 and as you've told me people you know that are choosing between gas and groceries at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. People are really hurting, and it seems like there's an assault on our pocketbook from multiple angles. Gas is up, food costs are up, travel costs are up, um, just about everything is up. And so I do think that as a fiscal conservative, you know, one of my big agenda items is getting our spending under control. Um, You know, coming out of this COVID pandemic, we had millions and billions of dollars um, thrown into this economy. And the government loves to make big, splashy news about how they're throwing money at everything. But a lot of times there's not direct outcomes for that money. And, you know, when you have to give it back as a community, for example, it doesn't get spent for a variety of reasons. It's not making front page news that it's going back to the government. So that mismanagement of funds and the poor prioritization is really going to be a key focus for me. I would love to sit, you know, on financial services committee just because I am someone that has dealt with budgets and knows what hard cuts look like and how we have to, you know, let some things in at a time and let other things wait at other times depending on But that's on inflationary. What about gas? I mean, is it is do you want to repeal yeah, the gas tax? Sure. I mean, Joe Biden's talking about that. Well, I think that that's a great short-term solution because I don't think that he has a long-term plan. So he's looking for a Band-Aid and a win for his administration. And so, you know, I mean, when you're bleeding, you need a Band-Aid sometimes. Agreed. I agreed. I I think that it's a a great short-term solution. But, you know, when you have an administration that's killing the pipeline, that's pausing leases for drilling and things, it's, it's obvious that this is a problem that he is creating. And I think that if we as Americans can just two short years ago know that we are a next exporter of oil and gas and automatically now we're talking about tapping into federal reserves, you know that this administration is at the root of the problem. So we need to go back to good policy um, about creating energy independence. And that's that's where we've got to start. Regan Deering joins us on WMAY. Uh, What about... Uh, guns. How do we keep guns out of the hands of people that shouldn't have them? Well, we have a lot of repeat offenders right now, and that is top of mind for many. I mean, it's devastating to read the news and talk about, you know, large mass shootings. And our country is hurting. There is no doubt about that. But, you know, we have violent crime victims in our communities every day with gun violence. And it's not making national news here. We live in Illinois and Chicago's numbers out of weekend shooting victims and deaths is unacceptable. So we have got to talk about criminals access to guns. And I think that's where we need to start. I mean, I'm applauding. But those aren't being done with ARs. You're right. We have a handgun problem. (laughs) 
you're absolutely right. Um, you know, there are multiple guns in our society, and it's when someone with evil intentions intends to pick one up and doesn't have a morality meter and doesn't have a value of life that we have a problem. So I applaud, you know, efforts, bipartisan they're being called, although that's 100% of Democrats and about 25% of Republicans. You know, I think Americans, when they want to hear good bipartisan compromise, we're a little bit closer to 50-50 <laughs> because that's what our constituent, uh, you know, districts are made up of. We're not always going to agree on everything, but we need to make good progress. So I applaud the conversations that are having. I do think there's some good talks around um, reasonable legislation. As I mentioned earlier, we need outcomes. We need less violent criminals to have access to guns, less mental health, um, you know, I'm not sure of the right word. Less, we need more mental health funding. That's in the bill. That's great. More school safety. That's great. You know, background checks is in there. I think that people don't mind having these conversations and the legislators are doing a good job. But I, for one, am a constitutionalist and an individual freedom advocate. So 80-some pages of a bill is good. I want to get my claws into it. I'm a reader myself. I like to look into legislation, which I'm sure is going to be frustrating for me in Congress because oftentimes... We get these huge bills and very little time to delve into them and know what we're actually voting for. But I do think that some common sense and some projected outcome legislation is a great place to start. Regan Deering, before we let you go, uh, how do folks find you uh, if they want to learn more before Election Day? Well, we've hit the road with uh, about five days to go until Election Day. So our website is regan4congress.com, and we've been sharing our schedule um, as we have this whole campaign trail in where we're going to be. We, uh, we were in Sangamon County yesterday, so we got to meet a great number of voters in Iliopolis and Rochester as well. And um, today we are headed down to St. Clair County for quite a few retail stops. So a lot of our social media, Regan Deering for Congress pages, uh, have that information, and we'd love to meet voters today. Regan Deering, thanks so much for the time. Good luck over the next five days, and we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, Patrick.